And we're back again, back to back days actually this week. We kind of, I'll be honest, when I woke up this morning, I wasn't really expecting to talk hockey today, but so much has kind of happened. And, you know, we've kind of been wanting to talk hockey for a while, especially since like the weekend and everything, just because this is a fun type of the season, I find. Um, yes, absolutely. It kind of starts like right after the season, and then you got off season stuff. Yes, of course. Usually it happens like, like by it would now. Have already happened. It would have already happened by now. It would have been 13 days since uh, free agency opened up, yeah. but because so everything would have started dying down. Yes, exactly. But because it's been 2021 and a very bizarre season, mm-hmm. again, <laughs> um, we are just getting to the heat of things, and oh boy, things have been heating up, guys. It's been unbelievable with NHL lately. Um, well, first and foremost, if we haven't said it before on our last podcast, night. congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning for winning back-to-back Stanley Cups. We did say it last night on Underachievers, but we got to say it for our hockey podcast. Yes, we do. Um, we had Andre, it is Andre Vasilevsky as the consummate winner. No surprise there. He put up unreal numbers, so congratulations to Vassy. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but now to... Although you um, could have easily made it a... Could have given it yeah. to either Point or Kucherov. Point, unfortunately, his performance died down once he got a to the finals. Bit, yeah, if he did. kept that up, he would have been the runner-up. But it was, honestly, in my opinion, it was um, Vasilevsky, Kucherov, then Point. But um, Point, he had a huge case for him, too. He had, was one game away from tying Reggie Lee's 1976 ever be, record. Do you think he's ever going to be considered a heart finalist? Uh, point? Yeah. Because I could, I think he's he's got the potential for it, but I think he the thing that people have potential. against him is the fact that he one plays for Lightning, so a lot of people are going to put that against him. And two, he doesn't put the numbers of a heart-esque player, not heart-esque player necessarily, because he still puts up good numbers. I'm saying he's not putting up an Austin Matthews or a Connor McDavid type well, numbers that's well, going to overshadow that, that. He, or even Kucherov well, in that point. That, that's so, what I'm saying. He does put up very good numbers. But if he wants to be a considered considered to be a legitimate heart trophy candidate, he needs to put up those kind of numbers. Then Kucherov's the McDavid, well, or maybe not McDavid's because McDavid's, McDavid's ridiculous. Yeah. But, he's a cheat code. Uh, you know, Kucherov, I know that's you the know, thing because he always you know, has such, <clears> so many points every game. year during the season. Obviously, he's not going to win every one because that's not really something that happens in the league. You don't, they don't win multiple, multiple, multiple one after year after year after year. This one just made sense for McDavid because of, he was literally putting almost historical numbers for him. Yeah. Um, but regardless, though, you can make the uh, the argument for Braden Point at some, at some point in time to be a hard trophy finalist. I just don't know when that will be because you have a lot of great competition. He's got, and like you said, he's got to bring up he's his got numbers. Great skills. Because if you, because how old is he? He's, got, he's in his what? This He just got done his third season. Fourth? Yeah, if hold on, let me, I, he's twenty five. He just got done his fifth season. Oh, fifth! I thought he was. Yeah, so his best season was ninety two points in seventy eight games, and he had forty one goals that year. The last full season, fifty one assists. Yeah, which is crazy. So his rookie year put up forty points in sixty eight games. Uh, sophomore year, he had no sophomore slump. Sixty-six points, thirty-two he goals. He already almost assists. has. He has already seventy-three points, just playoff career points. Wait, what? Seventy-three career playoff points already in sixty-seven games, including thirty-six goals. That's absurd. Thirty-seven. See, assists. he's the kind of player you need for a playoff team. He's consistent, though. Look at those numbers: that, 19, 20, point, 20, 21. Though. It's similar in that, season to playoffs. Yeah. That's the point, though. So, so here's so in 56 games, point put up 48 points this year. That was in the best, you know, uh, and that was the worst he did since his rookie year, where he put up 40 points. It was 23 goals this year, 18 his rookie year, 25 assists this year, 22 back then during his rookie year, 2016. That was also in less games too than his first. And that's true, which is even more impressive. In last year, in 66 games, he had 64 points, 25 goals, 39 assists. Nearly a point per game. Yeah. So I do think Braden Point is going to break out sooner rather than later, more than he already has. Like his breakout year was that 90 point. Yeah. Because he could have easily, if 
this was the regular this year was regular season or if last season was a regular season, he could have easily put up the 30 goals he put up in 17-18 or even possibly get closer to that 40 goals. Because yeah, the put fact that he put up 25 and 23 in 66 and 56 games respectively, like that's he could give him five more games tops and he could easily put up because five to seven more goals. He's got so much skill that he doesn't even need that much space to be able to do it. Right, and we and saw that in the playoffs at times too. There's guys shutting him out like right for the net, and he just 10, has 183 pounds. Pete, you know, the, the players were knocking him down from the net, you know, trying to brush him against the boards. And he he'll just, he'll, if you give him down, like an inch of space on the ice, he will capitalize literally five miles. Mm-hmm. Like, straight, straight up, though. And, and that's what I, I love about these smaller players, and that's also why, um, I do find you know hockey to be you know in, in any case in arguments uh one of the more favorable are you sports considering your conversation football. from yesterday <laughs> i was exactly doing that uh, you know in case you guys want to check out me and brian's debate yeah next that to video will come out the next couple days you can look out for that for the underachievers mm-hmm. but um, i lost any good podcast is where i find it ah there you go uh but you know my you know, but, but that that brings up again just, you know, a great you know, thought process in general. Though these kind of players, they're five, I mean, brain points five ten. You can't last that long in many leagues. Like he's already played five seasons. And even like, you it, can't, going past that, the guy he faced, much younger, not that much younger, but younger, Caulfield. Yeah. Small yeah, guys Caulfield, always get Caulfield, even yeah. even in the league where you can be a small guy and still produce and everything. And you've seen a lot of guys. I think yeah, off the top of my head, I'd probably say the best person at that. I'm sure Braden Point and these guys, maybe Caulfield, mm-hmm. could maybe be at this benchmark. But for me, in terms of small guys, my first thought is Briere. Yeah. Always. And or I'll, 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 or Saint Marty St. Louis. Yeah, it's literally it's it's always going to be those two. They they are the two greatest examples of you can but they be will a small always player. get overlooked in the draft. Always okay. will, and, and that is why there's a lot of players who, especially, and I got to go draw my attention to the angel. More draft. so centers. If you're a center in that size, you're going to be way overlooked. Well, so perfect example. We have Matthew Berniers, who is projected to be a top pick this year in in this year's angel draft he is okay he's not as small to be fair he's actually not as small as i thought he was but he's still relatively small 6'1 174 pounds so he's not he's a little bit bigger than Braden point uh, height wise but he weighs less than point does now but he uh, seattle has been scouting him which i think is very interesting um, because I love Matty Beneers. I think he's, he's a teammate of Cam York at University of Michigan. He is a hell of a player, and I think whoever drafts him, whether it's at two with Seattle or he, there's no or at 10, there's no way he's going to have the top 10. And if he does, for whatever reason, it's going to be because of his height. The If he's there at 13, that's the only player I will ever request the Philadelphia Flyers to use their first-round draft pick on this year. If he's somehow miraculously there still, the Flyers need to draft Matty Beneers. If he's not, I, I, I'm, I'm predicting Seattle's going to take him at two because they've been looking at him for a while now, and I don't blame him. I he's know, got I, the skill. I'll be honest. I know nothing about this yeah. draft. I couldn't even tell you the dude who's going to go first overall. Uh, Owen Power, he's a pretty big defenseman, uh, but he's going to get his career wasted in Buffalo, so it doesn't matter. That's interesting. Yeah. Out of the past couple of years, just off the top of your head, before looking it up, when do you think the last time there was a number, the first overall pick was the defenseman? Ross Mustelling. <laughs> Ironically, also, ding, 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 Buffalo. Mm. <laughs> that was easy. I forgot about Darlene. <laughs> to be fair, before, before Darlene, that's a tricky one because mm. you got to go almost, I don't even think Drew Dowdy went for, Oh, you know what? Uh, maybe Victor Hedman, his his 2009 draft class, I think, went no, first overall. No, I think he went like second or third. Shit, I, I think you're right. I gotta look he went second overall. Damn it. It's Tavares who went first overall. That's right. Yes, it was. Um, I, I don't want to look it up now because that's going to ruin the fun, but I am very curious. 
um, maybe probably like the nineties, if I had to guess. Oh, such a shame. Yep. Um, oh, never mind. That is all right. I'm looking up first overall draft picks. No, I don't want points wise. This is ruining it. <laughs> all right. This, is, this might take a little while. Uh, all right. Here we go. Besides Zalian in 2018, Eric Johnson in 2000. Oh, you know what? I lied. I completely forgot. Aaron Eckblad, 2014. That was the year the Florida Panthers drafted in Philadelphia. Oh, yes, um, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that, that was a big, big pick there. Everyone knew he was going first overall. But, but could you right, imagine, before, Jeff, just Before him, this. Eric Johnson, 2006, which is a long time away. If yes. Colorado hadn't won that draft, they're the lottery in 2013, and drafted Nathan McKinnon, he could have been a Panther instead of Barkov. That would have been very interesting. It would have been. Yeah. But here's the other thing. That year, it was honestly a toss-up between McKinnon and Seth Jones because Seth Jones was a very talented prospect coming out um, like that draft year. It was a neck-and-neck decision, but Colorado, by then, they made the clear-cut choice in him. And, you know, I, I think that we've been extremely happy with Seth Jones, but the kind of player you get in Nathan McKinnon is, is a franchise changing moment yeah um but anyway <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh boy let's hear <sighs> you know who went eighth in that went eighth overall in 2013 samarin no he went later and he was like 11th i think he went 11th i'm not crapping yeah, on that's still pretty high um, though. it is but it's oh, with God. the team you just mentioned not that long ago. Not Colorado? No, not Colorado. Uh, Florida? No. Nashville? Oh, no. Columbus? No. What? Buffalo? Rastalina. Rastalina, yeah. He went eighth overall. <laughs> wow. Next to him, he went 12th. One pick behind Sam Morin. Anyways, back to yeah. offseason stuff, um, which obviously means there's no more really uh, need for stat heads. Yes. Um, hockey yeah. being played. But a lot has happened in the last 40 hours. So, by the way, there's something I literally just remembered that <laughs> I still can't play this case, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, so first oh, things yes, first. I know, what you're, yes. I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> first things first. Um, let's Today. start with the biggest news. We had the Minnesota Wild buying out not one, but not both two, of their top but, free uh, agents um, in that they signed in 2013, 2013. Zach Breezy and Ryan Suter, the team announced that. You know what's the craziest thing I saw today earlier? Which is yeah. crazy, but maybe you could see why I just wanted the and the eight or so years they've been together or were together, they went to the playoffs seven times. Oh, they, and I think they've only won four playoff series. They only won four playoff series. They never yeah, got out they, of the second round seven times. But they made it seven times out of the eight years they were together. Which is impressive. <laughs> However, it's very impressive. Do you know do you know that huge headache for them was? They had to face Chicago all the time. And that was a huge killer for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Ryan Cedar, he was, um, yeah, he, he said he was completely blindsided by today's news. He was not expecting a buyout at all from Minnesota. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, yeah, there's a lot of interesting things for the while now. So, this clears out $10 million in space for the upcoming season, but only kicks the can as put by Frank Cervelli down the road. Huge dead cap space hold two seasons from now, 13 mil and nearly 15 million, three and four seasons from now. That's unbelievable. We're talking like Carson Wentz dead cap space money. We are. Like, and that's, that's not good. Like that's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Um, now for, no. 
Jeffrey. Yes. If you're a yes. team looking for veteran, because they're both 36, is it worth looking at one or if not both of these guys? If you're just out there looking. So for we'll we'll get to my second point. I'm about to make in just a sec, a little bit later. But first off, if you are looking for a veteran player in general, forward or defenseman. I mean, if you're looking for a good guy in the locker room, you can easily grab one. It's not both these guys. If you're looking for captain, depth, I believe, in New Jersey before he was dealt. He was. And then if you're looking for – and he, he was in Delft. He left in free agency. <clears throat> and then um, I want to say Suter, even in this too, he was alternate. He was probably an alternate in Nashville. Yeah, he was. Um, because that was uh, huge. Which, was, wasn't he and Weber – both the free agent that yeah year. because yeah because Suter left and that was when Holmgren had offer sheeted Shea Weber yeah um, but I will say that um, for my first point is that uh, if you're looking for a depth forward or defenseman you might not want to look too much further than these two because you could easily pull like a Kevin Sh- Tempe and Kevin Shot and Kirk kind of deal where get them very very cheap. And honestly, for maybe at absolute most AEV, I think they're worth three million at most, maybe three yeah. and a half. Um, keyword at absolute most. Um, for these guys, they still got a couple years left in hockey in them. I absolutely believe, but I would do like a three by three deal, or even like a two by three point five. Just because I don't want to lock these guys up long term, like no. Chuck Fletcher did back in 2012 13. Um, but for my second point, <clears throat> excuse me, that I'll bring up now, but we'll talk about later. The Flyers could possibly want to consider bringing not one, but both these guys because Chuck Fletcher was that GM who signed both these guys to this massive matching, what was it, 12 year contracts? Um, which is ridiculous, but. You know, he has a history of bringing former players and coaches of his, as I actually tweeted out earlier. I'm kind of sick of him doing it, but this is one of the very few cases where I wouldn't mind it as long as it's a cheap enough deal for both of those guys. Um, and and, and someone and uh, Broad Street Buzz, I think, uh, brought up a good point earlier that he did say because they have such a great familiarity, they could, in fact, get a be willing to do a cheaper deal because they have that experience with Chuck Fletcher, which is a great point. Um, so season, we'll see what happens. Um, I, and, and then there was, what was it here? Uh, I, there's another tweet by, I think I sent it to you actually by Russ joy. He tweeted at someone and said, we, um, because him and another friend of his, uh, they do a podcast and they did actually talk with Chuck Fletcher earlier and, um, he jokingly proposed to bringing both uh, Ryan Suter and Zach Frazee in. Um, you know, he mentioned it to Fletcher and he chuckled. And uh, Russ said after that, I'm not sure how to feel about that. So we'll see what happens. I don't know if that's anything, but um, again, yeah, <laughs> I would, I would not hate it. I was even kind of wanting Suter back all those years ago. It was yeah, the no, guy I, I wanted I was, to. I was gunning for both of those players. I wanted like, Frise, but I figured we weren't going to go. He wasn't going to come here because he was in New Jersey. Um, this is true. But I thought, well, if we miss out a Weber, they're Suter. Suter exactly. and those two were so good together as a pair. Like, okay, maybe. Um, but even now, going forward, it's like, okay, if for the right price, not spending too much. Ooh. But these guys and this also, is something, yeah. These guys also aren't clearly they aren't the same guys. They're in their mid thirties, so they can't offer or can't really demand that terribly much. Suter almost yeah. had just as many points as Parise did this past season. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what I will say is, but the thing you do get yeah. back and trying to go after these guys is one for Parise's sake, he could be a pretty good third line center for you. 
or a fourth, exactly. whatever. I, I think he's. Whichever I think he's not, at this he point in his career. Numbers, but for at this point in his career, center, for what sure, he's worth now, you could easily put him in your bottom six. He could. I don't know what kind of role he's expecting himself to play. And same thing with Ryan Suter. I think Suter. I'll put it this way. I think Suter not- still thinks he he can. In my, in my opinion, I could be completely wrong. I think Ryan Suter believes he'll probably still be able to play that top four role. I, it honestly depends on the team. He's more so like a top six role and more so being like that second or third pair defenseman. We'll see. I agree. Um, I also think Zach that could, Parisi, I think that though, on the other hand, I think that. he will be willing to play that bottom six role for a team. Because he kind of had to with Minnesota. Well, this is true, but I'm saying, especially now that I think Parisi is more likely to accept that. No, I'm just saying he will. got a little taste of it while he was still in. Oh, yes, absolutely. So, um, also, the right this is to keep in too. mind as well. Um, the Wild would still have a ton of entry-level contracts on their team the next couple years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marco Rossi, Matt Boldy, Kel Addison, Dewar, um, O'Rourke, Hunt, Kovanov, Beckman, and more. So there, there's that's definitely a huge factor into the buyout today. Um, so we will see. And their buyout goes to 2028, 2029. Yep. Ouchie. Yep. Which doesn't, um, it's so like, that, that was I'm big. Sure, like in the grand scheme of things, that's not that long. But when you, it's, there's certain things where like, that's a weird date to see. When you see 2028 or 2029, it's like, that is a weird date to see. It <laughs> like, really I know it's going to come. I, like, it's like, you know, it's going to happen. It's just inevitable. But it's like, when you see it, like, written down or something like that, or on computer or just on paper or something, like, that's mm-hmm. weird. That is weird. Because <laughs> it feels like yeah. yesterday they just signed that massive contract. It, it really does. I, I even when I, when, um, when the news broke earlier today by Michael Russo of the Athletic who covers Minnesota. He tweeted that out and broke news. I sent it over to our good buddy Matt Bevmar. I said, "Hey, remember, remember when the news broke that these guys both signed him?" And he goes, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> but they also did it because they wanted to go home too. This is true, and and now and that, I think that's something that people keep forgetting about, myself included. That that was a now, huge factor on why they did it. We'll get back to this when we talk more flyers, but transitioning a bit, Duck and Keith. Was traded out of Chicago, yeah. and he to actually, go home to Edmonton. Exactly, he demanded a trade because he wanted to be closer to his son. Yeah, because he and I didn't. This is so sad. He literally saw his son once. Mm-hmm. I think within the last year or so. How it awful is that? Yeah, because of COVID. You know, it and does everything. because of how the COVID. Not only that, because of like the how the division is broken. How sad is that? You can't see your own mm-hmm. son, and I don't know how old the kid is, but still, that's awful. I feel Either so way, bad. And yeah. Either yeah, either way, but um, the tr- it, it was an interesting trade. It, it it took a little bit for it to form. Um, it was. Hold let, me on, let's see. Scroll, let me scroll down the cap friendly page. It was Caleb Jones, a conditional twenty twenty two third round pick for Duncan Keith and Tim Soderler. Soderlund, I don't know. Um, and the condition uh, is um, if the play if the Oilers make it to the 2022 Stanley Cup Finals, they won't. And Keith Jones or Keith Jones, well, wow. and Keith is a top four and playoff time of ice uh, during the first three rounds. It upgrades to a 2022 second round pick. So yeah, that is uh, not Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> I don't know why you agreed to those conditions. You're keeping that third. It's not becoming a second, my friends. I think that's why. That's I'm the only credit that's... I will. I mean, well, that's I, I great for them to, thinking to that Ken Holland's form. credit. That is the smartest condition he's ever ever will make because, yikes. That is. An I mean, it's not like it's embarrassing. It's not like it's impossible. Ooh. Because crazy things have happened. Just look at St. Louis. St. Louis was before they once went on when they're the year they won the Stanley Cup. They were last, not only it's in the division. I think Edmonton. in the league. I know, but I'm just saying, if you get hot as enough, as much as I love Connor McDavid, Leon Draisaitl, and a lot of oh, these other players, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust, I, I trust me. They're I a season team. They're like Toronto. They're great in season playoffs. You cannot bet on them. You cannot put money on them to go that far because well, that's what going, I'm saying. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yes. Which is why you, you can't trust them. Sticking with Edmonton 
I was kind of surprised they extended uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, that was a huge extension, too. I always kind of forget about his person. Uh, It's nothing against him. It's just that um, out of because he was he got drafted in 2011, right around the time Edmonton was always getting first round picks. First round picks. Yeah, I think that was 2011. Because I, I have his page up first. Yeah, well, n- no, because uh, whatever I, I I was thinking for some reason. Um, where did? Oh, you know what? That no, was, Landis that was Cog the wasn't. That was the Couturier draft. So <laughs> first yeah, three went: Eugene Hopkins, Landis Cog, Schubert, mm-hmm. Brian mm-hmm. Strom went fifth. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Yeah, that made me laugh. That's like taking um, Pavel Zaka over Ivan Krovorov. Whoops. Whoops. Um, uh, anyway. But uh, so it, he's a guy that always, for me, gets kind of underappreciated a bit just because he plays under well, the so wing it's of really quick and... thought for myself here on RNH. Oh, sure. I have always appreciated his game. I love him as a player, but... I actually thought his time in Edmonton would have been over, and I'm so absolutely astounded that he even resigned because I thought uh, Edmonton was looking for a change, clear up some cap space. And honestly, I wasn't sure if they like wanted to even keep him anymore. But the fact that they did that that says a lot about what their relationships like. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, um, and because of that, you if you ever want to put. Dry settle on center. You do have three really good centers. Yeah. So I'll, I'll put it this way: it would obviously be McDavid, second line, dry settle, third line, Nugent Hopkins. But still, that is an unbelievable step for your top for, for your three centers. You could honestly get a guy who's I, I don't even know who you would need to worry about being your fourth line center, but you could almost get a scrub at at that point just to eat up minutes for centers. That would be a legitimate. You no, know, I get it. You want to keep Jarrett and McDavid together, but if I'm Edmonton, I would because you kind of have to because don't have anyone else. Even though, yeah, play RV stopped out this last season for Edmonton. He 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 Yamamoto did a lot better than there too. So they have Cal pieces. Yamamoto has been very underrated, and I think he's he deserves a bigger role uh, in Edmonton. Um. He's, he, I think he's going to get a big contract. I think not it's kind of be, RNA deal, but I'm a, saying I think it's going to be a bridge deal for him. That's fair. He's we'll only 20, he's only 22. He's an RFA, so yeah, maybe a three year, like um, three mil, something like that. Yeah, um, but let's move forward here with uh, the next news uh, earlier today as well. Pecorine yes. has decided to finally hang up the skates after 15 years. All. With the Nashville Predators, 683 games he's etched into Nashville's record books as a franchise leader in nearly every goalie category, including games played, wins 369, goals against average 2.43, total time on ice 39,413 minutes, 29 seconds, 29 seconds, excuse me, 60 shutouts, and 17,627 seasons in NHL history. He sits 19th in shutouts and tied for 19th in victories. He finished his career 369, 213, and 75. What an incredible run. To, and not only that, he won the 2018 Vesna. Um, he was also a finalist for the award three other times, 2011, 12, and 2015, a four-time All-Star, 2015, 16, 18, and 19, he was twice voted to the Angels year-end All-Star teams, including a first-team nod in 2017-2018. So he is... Winning it all was obviously 2017. Yes. Where he spent most of his career. Actually, all of his career, not most. Yes, because all of his career, yeah. Which is kind of weird to see now because you see guys moving, not kind of staying in one place for too terribly long. Speaking of the Predators, little news here from Pierre LeBron. There's growing sense that the Predators might leave Matthew Shane unprotected in the expansion draft. He's five more years on his deal at $8 million AAV. Keep they that. Just, they just um, signed him in the last full offseason. 
I know. I know that feels like like five years ago, but that was just 2019. Um, yeah, that's a little yikes. Uh, wow, that that's a little something. I yeah, also do have su- another that's a, that's update a- on on another team and another star player, but I'm going to save that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that's just something that caught my especially since we were talking about Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get to Duchesne in a second. But uh, for back to Pecorino, an incredible career. Um, he is honest. He's got to be a, a first out Hall of Famer, right? Maybe. I see him. I can see him going to the Hall of Fame. I don't know if he's like a first ballot. Okay, that, that, that's fair. He's definitely Hall of Fame worthy. And the reason why I say that is ballot. because he never really won. That's fair. That, and no, a, that's, a lot of people's thinking when it comes fair. to that is how many ranks do you have? How many times have you won? How many like? Uh, how many business? Uh, not just that. Uh, on the world stage, how well have you done in the Olympics yeah. and World Cup or? Uh, just international player, all that, like some of that other stuff goes into play when people make that decision. I can see him going in. I just don't know how. I don't, I just don't think it would be a first. That's out. fair. That, that's that's hundred percent fair. Uh, yeah. So because I always felt um, like he was an underrated goalie, like of his era, yeah. I felt like he was always underrated. Yeah, of his era, he's a pretty. Um, but he also had a lot of bigger. Named guys around his era too. Because yeah. how, how old is he? He's what, like thirty. He's thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Yeah. So he's about the same age as um, Hendrik Lundqvist. So. Yeah. Who again? And another goalie. He's thirty-nine. Hendrik Lundqvist, who was very much underrated, but he for me is more deserving of a uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, he never won either. This is true. Yeah, no, when you look but at I guy, think he was like a better Henrik Lundqvist, he's... Sega? He was a better goaltender. Yeah, uh, I think Hank was certainly the better goalie. Um, so you know, I think that's a fair comparison. When it comes to a goalie like Lundqvist compared to Rene, Lundqvist would easily get the nod over Rene over like the first bout Hall of Fame. So I think that's a great point to make. Um, over to quickly about Matthew Shane. Yeah, this is a very bizarre timing. I mean, I, well... In a way, it is, but it's not. Like, I get where they're coming from, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's a little interesting to me. That's all. It's just kind of bizarre. What? Leaving them unprotected? You, most likely unprotected. I mean, I, well, then again, because if you're in Nashville, you, because you could lose someone pr- potentially pretty good. They already lost um, Harvardson. <laughs> this, this is true. Ouch. <laughs> I I kind of forgot all about that. I'm not gonna lie. That's um, um, but if you do, who are you protecting, or at least how are you doing it? Let me bring back, up. Let me see if now I was, can find. It was months ago, and you talked to Pete about this back when Nashville wasn't doing great at the start of the year, but he was, always thought yeah. it was going to be Ekholm. But the way they yes. turned around, I feel like now they're probably going to keep Ekholm. So the most recent athletic article and with the predators um how long ago was there with some beat writers talking about nashville there were three different players one of them you can't consider anymore because he was traded victor arbiton um dom lazinson had picked victor arbiton um but of course He's he got traded LA. um these two guys um, picked one guy picked Jakob Trenin, who I had actually brought up in our interview with Pete Weber. It's a very young forward. He was very gritty player. He almost plays like a Ryan Johansson, Johansson kind of style, um, but he's a very he energy out. type role. He I played in his first el- season. I don't think he was eligible for it. Uh, he's only I'm surprised. I guess he's only 24. I thought. I, I I need to look this up. I, I don't know how that ex- exemption. Yeah, um, because I was confused because going back to the trade, I said Caleb Jones was a guy that Colorado had to not Colorado. Wow, uh, and Chicago would now have to 
protect and the expansion? Yeah, so we'll see. So who are we looking at just now, Nashville? So mind you, this is December of last year, but this kind of give you an idea of who Nashville would protect based off of the list by Adam Vingen, who I believe covers uh, the Predators for the Athletic. At the time, Arvidsson, who of course now is traded, so Deshane, Forsberg, Johansson, Tolvanen, I'm oh, sorry, uh, uh, Jeremy Davies, Tolvanen, Athanasayev, and Tomasina are all exempt. The players who are um, left unprotected in this case there will be is. Cousins, Callier and Croft, Luke Coonan, Colton Sissons, and Trennan for forwards, Matt Benning, Mark Borowiecki, and Connor Ingram for defense and goalies. So that means Arvidsson, again, he's traded, but at the time, December 2020, this list projected Arvidsson, Deshane, Forsberg, and Johansson as forwards. The okay, so this the athletic predicted them to go four four one, four forwards, four defensemen, and a goalie. So this for forwards: uh, Yossi, uh, Ekholm, okay, Pabro, uh, and Ellis, okay, and UC Saros. So that makes sense for Nashville to do the four four one because so they're going to lose someone good. So all the so so what's going to happen is basically taking Arvidsson's spot. And use it to protect Yarncroft, Sissons, or even Trennan. But honestly, I would use it to protect Yarncroft, Coonan, or Sissons. I'm sorry, one of those three. Um, I would still leave Trennan unprotected. Um, Yarncroft is pretty darn good, in my opinion. I think if you lost Yarncroft, Luke Coonan, Colton Sissons, that would be a big blow. Like you're going to lose someone, just like with Tampa Bay, you're going to lose someone very good. Um, so for Nashville, they're going to be. Because you already know. I don't know, but I'm assuming Johansson and Forsberg, Forsberg obviously will be protected. I just they, curious they of how protected. they how they go about it if they do the like seven we'll see. Go four and four. Well, so I think I think how all the grant again this is back in December. I think you know they're going to go the four four one route because they have too many good defense. They've they've four legitimate defensemen they want to protect. Yossi, yep. Ekholm, Fabro, and Ellis. And I think that's fair. Um, so that doesn't make, give them much of a choice. Um, yeah, so there's that. Um, all right, so Which something why, else yeah, really... Yeah. yeah, And that's why Pete oh. probably thought during the season when they weren't struggling, he said, okay, and we're and just going to start rebuilding this. Fair. We're just going to sell There has been rumors that the Flyers, if they're interested in... Sorry, if, if Nashville is interested yeah, in training anyone with the Flyers, it would be uh, Ryan Ellis, which I would not mind. Mm-hmm. Now, um, would you be able to throw him right into your top four pairing? Sure. If you're Philadelphia. Sure. He's already been playing just about that with uh, Nashville. Fair enough. All right, uh, very quickly here. I don't want to also give in that sense head. too. Yeah, you could then feel more comfortable. Oh, well, I'll tell you, put up better numbers. Um, uh, with getting rid of Ghost, even though I don't want you to, because you can replace Ghost on the power play, essentially. Yeah. yeah. But near to some uh, league wide. Very quickly here, up. other league wide news. Uh, yesterday, Pierre Maguire. Yes, that Pierre Maguire was hired by the Ottawa Senators as a senior VP of player development. Um, he will work closely with the Pierre Dorian and team owner Eugene Melanick, uh, GM and team owner. Melanick said, on behalf of the entire Senators organization, I would like to welcome Pierre back to Ottawa. We're excited to add him to our hockey management group. His experience will be instrumental as we continue to build an elite team. Pierre's knowledge of the game and its players is highly regarded. I'm confident that he'll positively assist our team as it progresses to the next level. McGuire did start in the NHL as a scout with the Penguins in 1990. He was an assistant coach 91-92 under Scotty Bowman when the Penguins won the Cup that year. He did move over to the Hartford Rollers as an assistant coach, eventually adding assistant GM and head coaching duties to his resume uh, in 93-94. As the youngest head coach in the league at the time, 32, he was 23, 37, and 7. After that, he became a scout for the Senators briefly and before serving as an assistant head coach, 95, 96. Of course, ever since then, really, um, he was a hockey analyst, as everyone knows, for NBC. Also, so, in that time when he was coaching, um, his team didn't like him pretty much. 
Yeah, I which is hard why. to believe, but his team didn't really. You win. don't say. Um, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hartnell is such a. I love Scotty Hartnell. He he retweeted Pierre LeBron's tweet about the prize might leave to Sheen unprotected. He goes, um, yes, please take. <laughs> I love that's it. A lot of cat, that's, that's a lot of cat to have to take on. No. To be fair, though, to be fair, he's the kind of guy that experience-wise and because to be fair, Kraken, they need to have a certain amount of cap. They, you know, so they, they yeah, need to get there some. You don't want to have too many guys with. Well, right. That that's the say you get so, him and Forcheck, you already got two people. It's 16 mil right there. Yeah. So you're not wrong, though. Not to mention if you say um, you get, if you add like. Just as throw a name out there, just because I think they're going to get him. Uh, Hopi. Yeah. So he's out there. He's 4.3. So there's another four point. Or, so it's, I know they have to get to a certain amount, but it's like. I also I think don't they're think gonna they'll be have a little, any issue getting there. I think they're going to be a little budgeted just because they have to put so much money just to be here. They'll probably earn their money back quickly, not as quickly as, say, Vegas did because it was Vegas and mm. it's Vegas. But Seattle does have that ability to show up for their teams. So, yeah, they'll definitely be able to make their money back. I just like I, I think at, at first they're going to be a little bit of the budget for them. Yeah. Just a little, also, one it, quick but... last thing about Matt Duchesne and uh, Nashville. The only actually really funny if Nashville does leave it unprotected and he gets taken by Seattle. Um, keep in mind, so Evelyn, uh, sorry, Evelyn, Evolving Wild tweeted this out, uh, Nancy Longio, revisiting some old trades. Did I get this right? It was Duchesne in that massive trade between the uh, Avalanche Senators and Predators, a three way deal. It was DeShane who went from Colorado to Ottawa. Kyle Terrace went from Ottawa to Nashville. Then Sam Gerard, Kamenev, second round pick from Nashville. Shane Bowers, Andrew Hammond, a first and a third from Ottawa to Colorado. That means that all that to Colorado will still the same, stay the same, except for probably uh, Andrew Hammond. That means Kyle Terrace and DeShane already from that deal will no longer be with the team they originally got traded to. Terrace is already in Edmonton, so. Or that's what I'm saying. He's with Edmonton and very well, uh, Deshane, who uh, and he very first went to Ottawa, moved again because yeah, they had him go. He went to Columbus. I forgot about that, but then to Nashville, and he could be gone again, which is I, I just find kind of ironic. In this he's also thing. the only thing that's a, a, going against Duchesne is he's 30 now. Yes. So uh, so he, we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see. Um. Although yes. one last thing about Nashville. Johansson didn't seem to really like the news about Harvison going out, so I don't know how much he likes. Neither did either. Phil, Philly Forsberg. Forsberg despised it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was Forsberg. So was there, about. yeah. So there are. No, I'm sure Forsberg was the only one. I'm sure there's a lot of very unhappy players in Nashville, and that could play a lot of things too. It could. Remember, David Poyle. He's been the GM there since the beginning of the franchise. That's a little unheard of. So at some point in time. It could be time for a change in the GM role. I'm not going to lie if you're in Nashville. That's something you got to consider. Yeah. You're not wrong. So we'll see, at the same we'll see time, what happens. it's done a pretty good job. He's done an overall pretty good job, I will say. But For a market that it's literally the south right next to being in Florida, it's not going to be the hotbed of hockey but yeah they've been able to do it because nashville is pretty much a party town so and yeah. when they're in the playoffs that atmosphere is so much that even carolina had difficulties with it yeah also let's it's not true. forget um just because of uh who was the dude they drafted this past draft wasn't it? Oh, Askarov. Askarov. Yeah, so it was natural. Now, Carolina did one draft, man. Yeah, so, kind of this is, so unfortunately, 
This really will be because we remember earlier in the season, we were talking about, is there any chance that Pecorini could stick around for a couple more years just, just to help to mentor, mentor this kid? Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not going to be the case. Unless, I don't know what the odds are, could the Predators hire Pecorini to be some kind of goalie con- coach consultant in a way? I could say it. he's been there for so long. I wouldn't. Exactly. So I think the only team he consider working for is Nashville. You know, it's literally, it's been his home the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, very quickly here, I do want to say this. Um, some very important dates to keep in mind coming up. Um, so today was the day for players to waive their no movement clause for the CDL expansion draft purposes at 5 p.m. earlier today, Eastern time. Players in that position have until Friday to make that decision, according to Chris Johnson. Eight days until um, the expansion draft. Eight days till the expansion draft, which brings my me to the next point. Um, you have important dates uh, for the NHL season. Uh, that's going to be 8 p.m. Eastern time, ESPN2. And the expansion draft, uh, two days later, the first round, also on ESPN2, as well as uh, being on at 8 p.m. Eastern time, the first round of the NHL 2021 NHL entry draft, followed by the next day, 2000. 21 drafts uh, ran uh, rounds two through seven, uh, 11 a.m. For those who love watching hockey, I'll be watching that all day long. Then the next most, in, most important date after the first entry draft night, really, in my opinion, is free agency opens up July 28th at noon. Now, that's going to be a big day. Unfortunately, that's a stupid Wednesday, and that doesn't help me at all. Oh. And I'm not happy about it. Went, went, so. We cut that out. Uh, Mid-September, there's the NHL Prospect Showcase in Tampa. Mid-late September, uh, or, yeah, mid to late September, training camp begins. Late September, preseason begins. And then mid-October, I'd say early to mid-October, is when the 2021-2022 regular season begins. And keep in mind, it sounds like they're going to stick with Sorry, sorry um, go back to the 82 game schedule along with going back to the old divisions, uh, which yeah. will be big. Um, and they if I'm not mistaken, it, this should this be the year that cold. Arizona switches divisions. It Am is. I wrong? Because Seattle's going to go. Exactly. So this should be switching divisions. So keep that in mind, too. Um, Arizona goes to yeah, a harder so. division, even though West still wasn't great. They're going to a slightly harder division, being in the central. Uh, and then Seattle goes right in to uh, the Pacific. Oh, fun times. This is yeah. for me, especially when it's the most like frenzy, which I think this offseason could see a lot of it just because of one expansion. I could see moves just to, I'm just interested to see what moves get made that teams made to send, try to lure Seattle to take one guy versus a different guy. Mm. Um, and then I'm curious because there's not that much time in between then and the draft itself, how many moves happen between then. And I think we can move on a little bit to the flyers and that I really hope and we were talking about this earlier today, unless that dude that you were just talking about earlier in the draft falls to 13. There's no way Matty Beneers is dropping 13. There's no way. There's no chance in hell. Matty Beneers is dropping past 10. If he does, that's for me unbelievable. I want. I don't want the pick. I I, I know you want. Yeah, no, I don't want pick. So I, Chuck Fletcher and Brent Flair, the assistant GM, they did meet earlier today with the press, and they did say that they are entertaining the idea of moving the first round pick this year, which they should. There's also a rumor that they could draft a goalie. Why would you waste the 13th overall pick on a goalie? I get it. You want to have, have a very good deal. A bunch of other young goaltenders. Well, that's what I'm saying. What's the point? Why would you even waste or literally entertain that idea of um, possibly even considering drafting goalie? I get best player available. If there's a goalie at 13 and he's the best player available. I'm skipping it. If I haven't traded that pick already, if it's not Matty Beneers, I'm getting rid of that pick, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there are a lot of teams, especially at 13, that's not a bad pick. Because if you are the right team, like, for example, if you're the Flyers and you get rid of 13 for something pretty good, or you use or it as part of the just doesn't have a fresh out pick as you trade it away. Th- that too, just for two. Or what you could do, trade for Philadelphia's 13th overall pick, and then use that to package it together and trade up to an even higher spot if you really want a player. Damn. I was going to say, or 
I need to see the Flyers drafts. Actually, I didn't realize Columbus already had three goddamn first round pick or first round picks. Yeah, Columbus is going to be stacked with yeah with uh, picks this year. It's crazy. Yeah, I just want that to be. Like yeah, so, a, so the I want Flyers, that to be a they have I, and Mitch and I've had this conversation a lot too, and he's kind of on the same thinking of I am. Is like Flyers have all their time. picks except for their fifth, which is Vegas's pick somehow. Um. Okay. So this was. Okay, this was um, a they trade acquired another trade. Yes, yeah, so that's exactly right. So the fifth round pick they have this year is from, yeah, from when they the Michael Raffle trade uh, with Washington earlier in the year, and Washington got that pick when they traded Chandler Stevenson to Vegas. So oh, it so is even the hundred fifty that pick first round pick. It doesn't mean in that draft you couldn't potentially get a late first round pick or another second round pick. This is true. Um, but um, yes, so. Just in terms yeah. of the offseason in general, because I think we're both on the same page, is that we're just going to be, I'll, I'll believe whatever whatever it is when it happens. Yeah. And the Flyers have been rumored on a bunch of people. Mitch texted me yesterday about being rumored to Tarasenko, which would be great. Uh, the, lo- I, the biggest I, I one, the, the one that's been the, the longest, was... have been rumored. E- even Jeremy Rutherford, who's covers this St. Louis Blues of the Athletic, he's mentioned that the Philadelphia Flyers have been a potential team interested in Tarasenko, it would unfortunately include a kind of pr- trading price of Morgan Frost along with um, Phil Myers and I think even something else for Tarasenko. Now, that, that to me, I don't think that's worth it, to be honest. We'll see. That brings um, me to my next point. I think go right ahead. a flyer should not to piss off fans. I think this is going to be an offseason that's going to annoy fans. It's going to piss them off. And by fans, I'm also talking about us and that they may trade a guy that we like. They may trade a frost or a, I doubt it, but maybe a Farabee or someone that we like in order to get a potentially better player, or they don't do anything, which pisses us off even more. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll, put, I'll stop you right there for that first point. Joel Farabee's not going anywhere. There's been a lot of rumors saying, Oh, they might no, unless it's the absolute perfect deal. They're not trading Joel Farabee. I can tell you that much. Are you more, um, there's are you more now to trade him than to uh connect me or no? I'll put this way I'd rather keep both, but um, I think unfortunately TK is more likely to get traded than Joel Farabee. I don't want to trade either. I think connecting just had a really bad season along everyone on Philadelphia. Easier to light it up once again next year. I agree. But oh, I'm not saying these guys will have, they both have value. I'm just saying there's exactly. Oh my god, they shit on value. It's got uh, Farabee's a no touch, but Konechny is. Even though Konechny almost put up what 30 goals in the last yeah. full season. Yeah, exactly. Like he's and Farabee had a good. Farabee did have a good season. He had an all, unbelievable yeah, sophomore and year, and he could have another one next season. It's just that I want to be that team when. You hear, or if we, when you make the playoffs, and even right now, and just saying we make minor moves or whatever, I still think we're a playoff team, but I don't just want to be a playoff team. I want to be a contender. I'm done I being be, this. I want I'm the Flyers being to, the bubble team. I'm done just all this. I just want to go for it. I want to be a team. I want like, the Flyers to be a threat again, like they used to be in the early and 2000s. Not just a threat. Early I want 90s. teams or people to be like, shit, I have to play the Flyers. I have to go up against yeah. this guy and at at the moment, and if, not only if that, I'm gonna but, channel my inner, oh my god, we have to go to Philadelphia yeah, to play yeah. a game. I want that atmosphere to be back. Like I know this team can play, like in that crowd to play into to you know feed into that energy. Because mm-hmm. when that crowd gets into it, the players get into it, and when the players get going at home, there's no stopping that team. There was a lot of within the last couple of years, not only just at home, but even away, there was a lot of Flyers fans on the road. And that atmosphere, you can help build the teams. No, no, I'm saying, I'm not saying based, it's not all based off the fans, or not, but still, that's that's yes. part of it. But still, but that excitement hasn't been there for quite some time. Now, last year's bubble team, that was a bit of a different story. That, you know, that was a pretty, actually, legitimate team, you know. Um, now, yeah, it's just... Yeah, with with, uh, with AV's first year, like that was a pretty legitimate team, and even going into the bubble, like they were the number one seed, they rightfully earned that. But then there is all that huge shutdown, and everything, and 
Yeah, and then just no one showed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, I'm gonna channel my inner Brad Pitt, Billy Bean. I don't know how this conversation actually went, but according to the movie, this is how it went. What do you think the biggest problem is right now with the Flyers? What do you think the problem is? We all know what the problem is. Everyone says what the problem is. What's the problem? I love it. Um, I, have honestly, my, I, I, I have my answer to that. I'm just curious if what yours is. It's going to be a little different, but mine. I, I have mine. I have like multiple There's things. There's multiple things, I had a, but but what's, one, what's really the correct one? I, uh, me, you need a top. Not not only do you need a top four D man, you need a top two D man who can play with Ivan Provorov. To me, that's mm-hmm. the biggest problem right now. Yes. If I had to make a list, one, that's on that list along that with one, another but for goal me, scoring as, center. As I was trying to get into when I first got into this kind of discussion or whatever, is that. I want it to be like if you're going if you're playing like Edmonton or so like shit, I have to play McDavid. I don't really want to play McDavid because he's so good. You have like to you go get through that, him. You, um, but you have to go through him. And I don't think so the you're Flyers saying have that. It, it, I don't think the Flyers really no. had that player. It's like, oh, like so you have control. Yeah, you have guys being, like okay, this guy could shut me down. This guy's really good. Shut me down. They're but beatable. They're beatable. But if you add a guy uh, like yeah. say you add a Tarasenko or a and or a Jones and say, do you throw in either of Zach Parise or Suter for your death purposes? I'm like, okay, this is a team. This is a good team that yeah. could potentially go do it. Maybe not win at all, yeah, but go further than the Flyers have been able to since 2010. Yeah. Which was yeah, no, the, there, there's a lot that they need to do. Uh, is, also, I just, this is, that's just one thing yeah. I think it's missing. Mitch and I have that same thoughts. Like, and no, you're, you're you say, not wrong. Like, I doubt it's going to happen. Because the Flyers have kind of come came out of it. But even if you say you added and he didn't lose Katari in this deal, but I feel like if he did get a Eichel, that he may be in the deal. But if you kept Katari and somehow got Eichel, that would be awesome. That would that would be, that would be fantastic. I'll put a, a kind of deal like that without including Sean Vittori would, include would cost a lot. A Travis Konechny, probably yeah. a Joel Farabee. No, for a kind of trade like that, only then it would be worth getting rid of Farabee, but only if it's a deal like exactly. that. So it would be like it, it would be like Travis Konechny and or Joel Farabee or Morgan Frost. No, I don't see that. Shane These Goss are all pipe dreams. These are pipe dreams I have. Do I see it happening? Oh, probably yeah, not. Sure. Probably no. definitely not. Especially when if, yeah. if we're looking at the track record Chuck Fletcher has had. In the past couple seasons, um, yeah. So we'll see what even happens. if it's saying um, also like, the Flyers. The Flyers Fletcher add, did, yeah, add like Seth Jones, and you get Tarasenko, um, and you even get um, what's his face? I'll put Tampa. it this way: the Flyers are two things. Uh, one, very quickly, uh, Charlie O'Connor did tweet out earlier during Fletcher's press conference. He said they've made a lot of personnel moves that they'll be announcing in short order. That's regarding internal front office positions and structure. So I'm curious on how that's all going to work out. Um, excuse me. On top of that, um, I honestly forgot my second thing. I would <laughs> but say, and whatever. honestly, just um, in on, terms of- on top of that, do you really? See- oh, thank you. So Tarasenko, um, if, if you if the Flyers get both Vladimir Tarasenko and Seth Jones. I mean, and maybe one other depth player, whether offense or defense, like a Ryan Suter or Zach Breeze. Or even if you just say, I think that's a pretty successful like read. Just as a third defenseman. Even even David Savard. I would not mind David Savard as long as you get a top forward. But, uh, or in this scenario, in this scenario if he's your, another guy, you just add there for depth. Purposes. Yeah, not only that, but think about it. Seth Jones and Savard played in Columbus together. If you get one, you could very well get the other. Mm-hmm. Now and he's a UFA I don't know too, what the so odds. Really had the trade. And, you just try to sign him. exactly. I also and think the other I thought issue about this is too, I don't to... know what the deal is with Chicago because they did Caleb Jones, who is Seth Jones' brother. There's been the rumors yeah, like to oh because Chicago got Caleb Jones, they will be able to get his brother more easily. I don't know about that. They may perhaps be able to get him more easy because oh when when you want to play with your brother it would be awesome and play also with they're kind of NHL. i think them and philadelphia are the only ones are offering contract in terms of that uh, as well as i don't know if so philadelphia know definitely wants to commit philadelphia to seth Chicago. jones 
Chicago, I don't I think know Chicago's if they been care about, about an extension it, or not. They don't seem to be like, oh, like, oh, just like, just we just want the one year out of them. I, I could be wrong. The um, reason why I think that is just because he saw them just ship out Keith just to try to get some caps. That's space. true, but but they did get Kelly Jones in return. Exactly, but in our sense, which you keep bringing up, that his dad, I think you said, is an assistant. Yeah, his dad's assistant coach for the Sixers. It's like. Oh, you could you want to play, play with, with your brother, brother or, or you want your dad in the there same city as your dad. Yeah. Yeah. And you play at the same place. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you know, the same your, your brother's too annoying. Your brother's too annoying. You, you don't want to play with your brother. I, I lied. Who wants to do that? Mm-hmm. You, you want to be in the same city as your dad. Hey, yeah. hey, you could give your dad a good Father's Day present by winning mm-hmm. the cup. Yep. But I wonder because it's even come out more recently that the Flyers have, because trade talks have kind of stalled a bit with Jones and that he's not sure if he wants to commit to an extension with the Flyers. If that is true, if we circle back to Dougie Dougie Hamilton. I think I would love Seth Jones and or uh, Dougie Hamilton. Either way, it's going to cost you a good amount. It will. It's not cheap. So, it's not cheap. These moves are not going to be cheap. That's it, why I say no. you're going to annoy fans. You're going to probably get a fan that fan favorite that you like may not be here next season. Yeah, which is certainly possible. Um, mm-hmm. If you had to pick between five players who could be on their way out, not saying it will, I'm just saying in a trade, you could argue. Travis Konechny, unfortunately, you could argue Morgan Frost, unfortunately, you could argue easily uh, Shane Gossespierre. Easily. Definitely Jake Borchek, because Chuck Fletcher did basically confirm that mm-hmm. he, it sounds like he could very well, in fact, lead Jake Borchek unprotected for Seattle, which would be very interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but either way, that means Jake Borchek or uh, James Van Reams like will most likely be gone from this team, if not both. I think it's worth exploring the idea of clearing up as much cap space as possible. You're going to get so you Seattle to add one these, of his guys, so you can add someone. Exactly, and and that's also I think the only and this but, is one of my last points I'll bring up the reason why Fletcher hasn't done anything. He's unless it's a defenseman for a defenseman or forward for a forward yeah, a lot of trade. It, a lot of he can't. His hands are so tight he can't do anything because. It's going to make him – if he gets Seth Jones right now, that's another defenseman he's going to have exactly. to protect. And then he might have to do the 4-4-1 or still the 7-3-1 and then leave someone else who he wants to protect unprotected. Mm-hmm. So his hands are tight until the expansion draft is over. And that's why you I have – I think Seattle will take Jake Vorchek or James Van Riemsdyk. He will get rid of the other one and get so much cap space, he can kind of mm-hmm. do what he wants. Now, I don't want him to – go magic crazy with these kind of deals, but I want him to make some kind of splash at free agency because if he doesn't, he's got to go. He hasn't proven anything since he's been here in Philadelphia. The Mm -hmm. only thing he's done is trade a fifth round pick for the rights of Kevin Hayes and then he signed him to a seven year deal. Now he, like it's no secret. Everyone had a God awful year last year. I yeah. think Kevin Hayes was, that scenario, was worth. You, oh, I didn't even think about that. In that scenario, if you got, if you didn't trade either Hayes or Couturier to Buffalo to get Eichel, Hayes would be your third line center. I mean, even looking at that, that's a filthy lineup, and it, it, it's going back to the idea of having, like you say, McDavid. Uh, dry cell and then RNH, the one, two, three punch. You could have easily Eichel, Drew, Katoria, mm-hmm. or Eichel, Katoria, um, Hayes. You know, I'm not I'm saying they will get Eichel, but yeah. I'm saying if I you just, get I someone who's, I just, yeah, I'm just tired of being that team. Like, oh, this team is just as much of an in the fun and the and exactly. has a chance to make the playoffs. Oh. Right now, yeah. I think we're probably first wild card. I, I will say, but I want to be, I do want to make, I don't want to be wild card. Exactly. And it, a big move that could help make that, according to Darren Drake, this is the last point I'm going to make, it's not Flyers related, but if you have enough cap space, it could become Flyers related if you have enough cap. 
According to Darren Drager on Insider Trading, he said that Colorado Avalanche and Gabriel Landscott are not even close to an extension. The position of the Avalanche has to change significantly or else Landeskog will go to the market. That is a needle, you know, a needle move right there. That is, is move the needle-esque move where you could go from just a playoff contending team to a Stanley Cup contending team. Mm-hmm. So if Landeskog goes to free agency, the Flyers better throw their names into the hat. Or just see what he's offering. Regardless, Landis Gog is the kind of player they they need. He is a good goal scorer, playmaker, and he has that grit that they are missing. I know none of these guys have, except is Landis Gog a winger or center? He's a left winger. I know these guys aren't centers, and the Flyers kind of need a third line center too, but they're scorers. Tarasenko's hurt, and that's the only thing against him. He gets hurt a lot, but he's a scorer. And not only that, Linus if you're saying your, your first line is Giroux, say Giroux, um, Couturier, and Tarasenko, you know who could put up the puck in the net. He's not going to be afraid of passing. He's not going to pass one too many times. No. And that's no. one thing. And as much as I love Jake Voracek, that is where he kind of became faulty over the years. He's, we all know he's an incredible passer. He's... I think, I think he's like he top is. 10 in assists alone in the Flyers history yes. of the franchise, which is awesome. But it also shows, although he's a passer, he can score. But at the same time, he would more so opt for the pass instead of the goal. And that was a big issue. Yeah. He's a great setup person. I think he's probably the best setup player the Flyers have. I said maybe Drew. Yeah. But even if you lose him, you still have Drew and Katuri, who were perfect at that. Yes, exactly. So we'll see what happens. Um, expansion yeah, draft sure, is coming yeah. up. You'll be sure Eight for us to get away. It, hopefully. <laughs> Make sure you comment below on who you think the Flyers will leave protected versus unprotected. The next time we talk, we'll probably talk about the expansion draft as it gets closer, especially once we find out this weekend who the Flyers will officially name as their protected list and unprotected list. We'll break that down and go like player by player if there's any surprises. Yes, that was a big surprise. Um, yeah, the other year with Vegas, and they protected a lot. And, um, yeah, so we'll see what happens, and we'll get our predictions out there. Yep. Until then, we'll see you next week.